Welcome to Harrison Church. In case you missed the announcements this week, the hot topic of the summer is the Tent Revival Combined Worship Service that's being held on July 16th at 10 a.m. Visit our website for further information. This week we receive a special message from guest speaker, Reverend Dr. Patricia Wells. Her powerful message will leave you filled with comfort, knowing that God is always by your side. We hope you enjoy this week's message. tell you how grateful I am for your hospitality, your generosity, and how happy I am to be here among you today. I do want to set your mind at ease about just a couple of things, though, in case this sermon is not all you hope for or are accustomed to when Shane or Kyle preach. I want you to remember two things. First of all, don't be too concerned because Shane will be back, God willing, from annual conference next week. And second, don't be worried about me if the sermon doesn't go too well because I want you to know I have not given up my day job. I invite you now to hear the word of our Lord from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds in Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He's delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we will hear with joy the words you have for us this day. Amen. So you know that our scripture passage this morning comes from the Apostle Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. You know, too, perhaps, that Paul's life as an apostle for Jesus Christ has not been an easy road 
He refers to some of those difficulties in our passage for today, and you may remember his account of his ministry in the 11th chapter of this same letter to the church in Corinth. He tells us there that five times he was flogged with lashes, three times beaten with rods, he was stoned, shipwrecked three times, floating in the sea for a day and a night, threatened by bandits, by Gentiles, by Jews, sleepless, starving, cold and naked, and on top of all of this, worried about his fledgling churches. Paul knew what it was to suffer. And surely there must have been times in his life as an apostle that Paul must have cried out, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is not how my life was supposed to turn out. Where are you, God, in all of this suffering? And yet he can write with assurance the words of our text today, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. At the heart of this passage, at the heart of Paul's faith, is his unshakable belief that God comes to our aid when we suffer. Paul tells us, it's kind of a curious phrase, but he tells us that when we experience the abundance of Christ's sufferings through the afflictions of our lives, we can also know the abundance of Christ's comfort. Comfort which is a a gift, a gift from God, a blessing from the one whom Paul knows as the father of compassion, the God of all comfort. Now, I want to be clear about the theology of all this, if I may, because I want to make sure you don't think that I'm saying that God causes bad things to happen to his children, because I I don't believe that. I don't believe that God reaches out God's finger and goes, zap, zap. Paul, you get shipwrecked and beaten and thrown into jail, or or zap, you lose your job, or zap, up, you get cancer, the big C, or zap, you lose your loved ones. Now, God does not cause bad things to happen to God's children. This is just not how God, the Father of compassion, works. But you and I, We live in a fallen world, a world which is not what God created it to be, a world which is not what it will be when Christ comes again in glory to redeem it fully. And sometimes in this fallen world, well, bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen to us because of our human failings. Sometimes they happen because of our our actions. We may cause ourselves harms, and sometimes our actions may cause harm to others. And sometimes bad things happen to us through no one's fault, but just because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world in which sin and sorrow and suffering and even death are allowed to exist. But we live in a world in which God exists too. And this God is not some deist watchmaker God who puts the world together and sets it in motion and then washes God's hands of us. This is the Father of compassion. This is the God of all comfort. 
I believe in the promise Paul makes us in Romans 8.28. Do you know that verse? It's my very favorite. God works all things together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. Not that only good things happen, but that God works all things together for good. Our God is a God who is present with us, active in all the circumstances of our lives, working for good, comforting us with an abundance of comfort. Did you notice how many times Paul uses the word comfort in our passage for today? There's a lot of emphasis on this. Comfort is used ten times in just five verses of Scripture. Ten times, either as a noun or a verb. The word translated from the original Greek as comfort in the Greek is paraklesis. Paraclesis. And I bet some of you are thinking, you know, that has a familiar ring. Perhaps you've heard that word before. Because paraclesis is a form of the word which Jesus uses in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. You hear it at funerals in which he tells his, his disciples not to be troubled or afraid that he is leaving. Because God the Father will send them the Holy Spirit. The parakletos, the paraclete, translated the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, the comforter. Parakletos literally means in the Greek, called to one side. Isn't that wonderful to think about? That God is present with us through the Spirit, not off somewhere, but right here by our side. Let's be honest, though. Sometimes, sometimes in our sufferings, it's difficult to see this. Sometimes God responds to our prayers by the Spirit with that peace that passes all understanding. But sometimes, sometimes because we're human, we need a little more. Sometimes we are like the little boy who awakes in the middle of the night in a thunderstorm and climbs into his mama's bed, snuggles up next to her and says, Mama, I know that Jesus is always with me, but sometimes I just need a little love with skin on. Sometimes we, too, may know that Jesus is always with us, but we just need a little love with skin on. Paul tells us in this passage today that this is where you and I come in. This is where you and I get to be God's love with skin on, part of God's work of comfort in the world. There's an old joke, which I sometimes share with my clients when they say, where is God in all of this? And maybe you've heard it. There is a flood, and a man is trapped in his home. The rains are falling and the floodwaters are rising and he can't get out. So he's looking out his front window and he begins to pray, Lord, save me, save me, God, save me from this flood. And he looks up and there is a man in a rowboat and the man stops. He says, come on, come on, come on, swim to the boat. I'll get you and I'll take you with me to the shelter. And the man says, no, 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 God is going to save me. So I'm just going to wait here for God to save me. 
Well, the rains continued to fall and the waters continued to rise. And the man's forced to go up to the second story of his house so that he won't be drowned. And again, he prays, God, save me, save me, save me from this flood. Deliver your child. And he looks and there's a power boat woman driving some other folks and so the woman stops in front of his house and says come on come on come on get in I'll take you to shelter with these other people and the man says no no God will save me I've prayed and so the waters continue to fall and the flood continues to rise and the man has to go up to the roof to avoid being drowned and there he is on his roof and God, please save me. You promised never to leave me or forsake me. Save me, keep me from drowning lest I perish in this flood. And he hears a noise and he looks up and there's a helicopter and the, the pilot drops down that little rope ladder thingy and he says, grab hold, grab hold. I'll pull you up and take you to safety. And the man says, no, no, I'm praying and God will save me. Well, the floods overtake him. The man dies. He goes to heaven and he sees God face to face and he's not very happy with God. And he says, God, where were you? Didn't you hear my prayers? I was counting on you to save me. And God says, what? are you talking about? Are you kidding me? I sent you a rowboat, a powerboat, and a helicopter. I think, I think this is what Paul is saying to us in today's reading from 2 Corinthians. Praise be to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that... We can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So that. God's comfort doesn't always look like God. Paul tells us that we are to be the rowboats. We're called to be the powerboats, the helicopters. We are called to be part of God's work of comfort in the world. We are called to be God's parakletos, God's comforters, sent to be alongside those who suffer. And God, God the Father of compassion, uses our pains, our sufferings, to teach us how to do that. Have you seen God at work like this in your own life? I have. I don't usually say much about my personal history to my clients, but I'll share a little bit with you all. I've had my share of difficulties my share of pain and loss and grief and suffering. And to be honest, sometimes I felt like maybe it was a bit more than my share. And I have to be honest with you. I've not always been as faithful in my suffering as I would have liked to have been. Sometimes I railed at God. This is not how my life was supposed to be. This is not how things were supposed to turn out. God, where are you in all this pain? More recently, though, maybe because of the work that I do, 
More recently, it has occurred to me that perhaps this is exactly how it was supposed to be for me and for my life. Because now when I, I sit with my clients in therapy session, there's not a lot that they can tell me about their sufferings that I can't understand. A difficult childhood? Check. An abusive first marriage? Check. Divorce? Check. A second marriage? The death of a spouse? Check. And check. Through all of this, even, even on the days I could not feel God's presence, God was right there beside me offering God's compassion and comfort. Sometimes, occasionally, through that blessed peace that passes understanding, but I'm hard-headed. And sometimes I'm hard-hearted. And, and so more often for me, God's comfort came through the hands of Christ's saints. God's love with skin on who came alongside me with countless casseroles and hundreds of cards and notes and thousands of hugs and innumerable prayers. Because of their own sufferings, those good people knew what I needed in mine. And they comforted me. So I hope, as I sit in my treatment room alongside my suffering brothers and sisters, I hope I can do the same for them. I see this in my practice all the time. In people like Rick, in recovery for seven years, who now serves as a sponsor to three alcoholics who are new to the program. I see it in people like Lisa, who was abused and neglected as a child, and now she's a foster parent because she is determined that no other child should ever have to suffer the way she did. And I see it in Barb, who, who spent three years mired in grief after the death of her husband and who vows never, ever to let anyone else grieve without comfort. Even, she says, even if I only drop a bag of Chick-fil-A off on their porch, I will do something to let them know they are not alone because I know how they feel and I know what helps. Comforting others as they have themselves been comforted. Paracletos. On Monday, May 22nd, 2017, a Libyan terrorist detonated a bomb at an Ariana Grande concert in Manchester, England. The blast took the lives of 22, including children, and injured at least 60 more. Well, shortly after the news of that terror attack reached the United States, a famous quote from beloved childhood icon, Mr. Fred Rogers, began making the rounds on the Internet. Perhaps you saw it. When I was a boy, Rogers said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, Fred, look for the helpers. When something bad happens, look for the helpers because you will always find People who are helping. Well, Entertainment Weekly writer Anthony Bresnikan saw the quote on the internet the night of the bombing and he began tweeting out his own memory of meeting Mr. Rogers. 
He said, Fred Rogers was from Pittsburgh, my hometown, and my generation grew up loving this man. As I got older, he continued, I lost touch with the show. But then in college, I was having a hard time. The future seemed dark, and I was struggling, lonely, and hopeless. And then walking out of the dorm one day, I heard familiar music from the TV in the empty common room. Won't you be my neighbor? I stood, he says, mesmerized. Roger's show felt like a cool hand on a hot forehead. I left feeling better. So days later, Brestenkin says, I'm getting in the elevator to ride down to the lobby. And the doors of the elevator open, and Mr. Rogers is standing there. I get in. He nods at me. I nod back. We ride down. The doors open. I, I get out first, but I stop and turn around. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers, I don't mean to bother you, but I want to say thank you. I told him that I had stumbled on the show again recently when I really needed it. And Mr. Rogers nodded. He paused. He undid his scarf. He motioned to the window and sat down on the ledge. Do you want to tell me what was upsetting you? So I sat and I told him. And he listened. Finally, said Bresnik, and I apologized if I had made him late for an appointment. And Mr. Rogers replied, sometimes, son, sometimes you are right where you are supposed to be. Sometimes you're right where you are supposed to be. Paracletos called to one's side, comforting others, as we ourselves have been comforted by God. After that Manchester bombing, the comforters were there. You saw the news stories. Some of them gave accommodations. Some offered free taxi rides or being British tea. Some of them offered hugs to those who were shaken by the blast. And then there was Stephen Jones, the 35-year-old homeless man who rushed to the aid of the injured, pulling shrapnel and wiping blood from the faces of the injured children. And then on June 4th, do you remember what happened? Grande showed up again in Manchester, this time with just a few of her BFFs, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Coldplay, Farrell Williams, to name a few, for a free concert to benefit the victims of that act of hatred. Helpers. Paracletos. Comforters. Comforting others as they had at some time or another been comforted themselves. You and I are called to be paracletos, called to be God's helpers, like Fred Rogers and Stephen Jones and Ariana Grande and all those anonymous Manchester folk like Rick and Lisa and Barb, you and I are the, the rowboats, the powerboats, the helicopters sent by God. You and I get to be part of God's work of comfort in the world, God's love with skin on, comforting our brothers and sisters and 
their suffering with the comfort that the God of all comfort gives us in ours. Paracletos. Paracletos. What a gift we have been given by God. And what a calling we have from God. Thanks be to God, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, and thanks be to all God's helpers. Will you pray with me? Holy God, you know our hearts and you know that some in this room are sitting in the darkness of sorrow and suffering and sadness. God, give them your spirit that it would be a spirit of comfort and compassion. Help them to be still and silent, quiet in their suffering so they might hear your voice. And help them to remember as they come out of the darkness into the light that they have a word for those who yet are in darkness. Lord God, if we have come out of the darkness, empower us that we may be your paracletos, your comforters in the world, offering your comfort in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I make this prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Paracletos. And all of God's children say, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Harrison Church now offers Text to Give, a quick and easy way to tithe or donate anytime, anywhere. Text HUMC and your gift amount to 73256. For more information, you can visit us online at harrisonchurch.org.